you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. And it's it's not playoff time fantasy-wise, but it's, it's about time to start thinking playoff time. Yeah, it is. And uh, now is the time, if you haven't been doing so already, it, looking at the schedule, making trades, trade for guys who have really favorable schedules in the fantasy postseason if you're headed there, and uh, trade away those who might have bad schedules. And a couple of the running backs who have very favorable schedules. Dalvin Cook, when he comes back, yep. whenever he comes back, and um, and we just made a trade involving Dalvin Cook, and um, David Johnson, too, who we'll talk about. We're going to talk about David Johnson, because I'm excited about David Johnson again. There's reason to be optimistic about David Johnson again. Before we get to that, though and plenty of other stuff uh, behind the glass as always is our Facebook producer Edward Sir Edward L. Murphy Esquire Murph what's up you guys are talking about it David Johnson and playoff time I mean I'm linked to him in many leagues and uh, Marcus your tweet before about Byron Leffridge coming to see your head this season <laughs> I thought it was uh, extremely funny the picture of him getting carried uh, when he was Which, a member of the Marshall Thundering Herd hopefully mm-hmm. he makes David Johnson like worthy of being a top three to five pick which many leagues he was right which uh, you know I, I sent that out because the what inspired it was a quote from Byron Leftwich, who is the new play caller in Arizona, saying that uh, he plans to use David Johnson the way Bruce Arians used David Johnson two seasons ago when he had his huge year. So that's that's all we can ask. That really is all we can ask. Yeah, and, uh, I, I wish we could bring back the quarterback and the offensive line he had. Yeah, I mean that'd be in nice. 2016, but we'll see. I mean, at least there's some reason for optimism. Baby steps. Plus, plus. That Byron left which game? I, I, you know, I don't know if you remember watching that game. I Eddie. do. Yeah, I do. It was one of the most phenomenal things I've ever seen in a college football game. For those who don't know, and I, I don't remember who they were playing, but but Marshall trailing in a game in which Byron Leftwich had actually broken his leg, mm-hmm. and the Thundering Herd trying to run a two-minute drill offense to come back and win, uh, which they did, by the way, but they won it with Byron Leftwich standing in the pocket throwing a pass, but not being able to run because of his injury. So his offensive linemen, two of them would pick him up and literally carry him to the line of scrimmage for the next play. It was still one of the most amazing things I think I've ever seen. Now I have to watch it. He, uh, just to update, November 2nd, 2002, Marshall took on Akron in a Mac regular season game. Uh, unfortunately, Marshall lost 34-20, to 20, but Leftwich had over 300 yards with a, with a wow. broken leg. Oh, so they lost that game. I thought they yeah. won that game for I, some reason. I think just the, the, think, the awe aspect right? of it was that he just stayed <laughs> in the game and somehow chucked the ball for over 300 yards like as he was getting carried on the field by like three O-linemen. That was amazing. Absolutely amazing. So anyway, we will, uh, as co- of course, preview all the week eight games. We'll have Eddie's Delirious pick. We'll take some of your uh, tweets as well for our mailbag. But in the meantime, let's do some news. Let's do the news. Dalvin Cook, as uh, Fabs alluded to earlier, uh, 
favorable schedule down the stretch, but not expected to play against the Saints. In fact, he may have already been ruled out. Have to double check that. But uh, it's another week where Latavius Murray is going to take the lead as the Vikings running back. But Fabs, for as much as we've kind of picked on the Saints offense for quarterbacks and wide receivers, they've been really tough against running backs. Yeah, they have been. And maybe it's because teams are just throwing the ball down their throats, but they've been really, really good. I mean, we had Alex Collins as a sit last week and he put up a stinker. And part of the reason why is, I mean, the Saints are giving up nothing. I mean, the yards per carry average allowed is one of the lowest in, in, in history. I mean, uh, the last I looked at it, it was the lowest since the 2000 Baltimore Ravens. So. Oh. The Saints are a formidable opponent, and when you have a running back going up against them, you have to maybe think twice about whether or not you should start that player. Yeah, uh, you know, and you, you mentioned the trade that we made. Uh, you gave me Dalvin Cook. You also gave me Latavius Murray, yep. who mm-hmm. I, I'm totally, I may have to start him, not because I like it, but just because the, the roster I have right now sort of dictates it. But yep. it's not a great matchup for him this week. Although I will say this, Latavius Murray has played well. The last, the last two weeks. weeks, he has. He's played very well the yep. last couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, he has. Now, he's he's had a couple of good matchups, and he's been able to exploit those matchups, which is great. Now, this week, tough matchup. But then, assuming Dalvin doesn't come back, and, and my expectation that he's back week 11 against that's, Chicago. That's the, the rumor, right? He got now. Detroit. And, boy, he Giddy could up. be a top 10. Yeah, he could be a top 10 running back uh, in week nine against that bad defense. You know, it's funny. Like, cause every time we think Latavius Murray is dead, he comes back to life. He comes back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and ends up actually doing pretty well. I mean, when you think about it last is, year. Is he like the Freddy Krueger? He sort of is. Or I mean, Michael, Michael Myers, Myers or Jason Voorhees, I mean, you know. Last year he wasn't supposed to, you know, he was, he was a backup. He was an afterthought. And then Dalvin Cook gets hurt. And then, you know, Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray end up having good seasons. And yep. sort of the same thing this year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of injured running backs, Bilal Powell's season is over. He has a neck injury, goes on injured reserve. Uh, that probably ends his time with the Jets as well. But for our purposes, uh, it means, at least in the short term, more Isaiah Crowell. But looking down the road, mm-hmm. Elijah McGuire might be back soon. He was placed on IR with a designation to possibly return. Uh, anytime after week eight, these guys can come back. So Elijah McGuire seems like a nice pickup and stash name. Yeah, no doubt about that. And and for Crowell this week, you know, the volume is going to be there, obviously, because, you know, they got, they got Crowell and Trenton Cannon. But he hadn't really done anything. I mean, he had that 30-point game against the Broncos where he went nuts. And then outside of that, he's done nothing for the for the past month or so. <laughs> and the Bears are giving up 3.4 yards per carry. Uh, they're giving up fewer than 19 PPR points per game to running backs. It's a home game. You would think game script is not going to favor Isaiah Crowell. So despite the volume, I think he is a very volatile flex starter this week at best. Yeah, this is a week that I, I'm probably avoiding him where I can. I, I get it if you have to play him, so be it. But it's not it's not particularly the best matchup. The upside, though, is that with no Bilal Powell, hopefully that means more volume for Crowell. Um, so I don't know. You can try to hang your hat on that if you like. Uh, more. This is all pretty much running back news today. Yep. Uh, Marlon Mack, who has been so good the last couple of weeks and who has a phenomenal matchup this yep. week against the Raiders. <sighs> so he went from being limited in practice on Wednesday to missing practice on Thursday. That's never good. He was going in the wrong direction yeah. with like, I mean. Why? Why? He was great. And we're starting to buy in. And this was the week to maybe start him and really take advantage. Fantasy sucks sometimes. It does, man. You can't have nice things. So keep tabs on the status on Friday. Obviously, if he's back at practice, even in a limited fashion, that's a good thing. But if not, then you're going back to Naheem Hines. Hines. I mean, I don't know if I'd play Jordan Wilkins or Robert Turbin, but Naheem Hines, suddenly a guy who's probably on the waiver wire now because people saw what Mac did and I'm like, yeah, Hines ain't getting any more burn. He could end up being a viable flex starter if Mac can't go. Well, Robert Turbin apparently is also dis- coming off a dislocated shoulder. Yes. So yes, uh, did not. Pr- uh, you know, is practicing I think limited fashion right now. So that's one that I might uh, kind of avoid right mm-hmm. now. Uh, and finally, LaShawn McCoy, still in concussion protocol, left uh, the game last time with a head injury, and uh, it looks kind of sketchy for him to play this week. But even if he even if he does play. It's not the best matchup in the world. I mean, the Patriots are sort of middle of the road, but I think it's it's mm-hmm. scary enough that I would I would find another option if I had one. Yeah, and, and here's the problem, too, is that if you didn't handcuff him uh, with Chris Ivory, well, then, unless you have Kenyon Barner on your team, considering it's a Monday night game, right. 
you're going to end up kind of hurting yourself because you want to have a running back to start. So if you've got McCoy and Ivory, I think you're safe because Ivory will play and he did well last week. He's done okay when McCoy has been out of games. If you don't, you may have to consider other options. And in a deeper league, you know, maybe Kenyon Barner is that option if McCoy is out as a last minute inactive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's. Uh... And I don't want Barner in my lineup. So, uh, yeah, that's a, yeah. a scary situation. All right, there you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. Well, that was the news. All right, it is time to talk about the week eight slate of games, and we will start just as we did last week over in London. Technically, it's Eagles at Jaguars. It's Eagles versus Jaguars. Yeah, I know. It's like, why do they say at? They're not at anywhere. It's at at London. It's at London, but technically, it is a home game for the Jaguars. Um, The first question about this, though, is after a couple of weeks of kind of getting lit up, are we still afraid of the Jaguars defense fantasy-wise? I mean, well, I'm certainly not going to start any of the running backs because of the opposition, right? I mean... Corey Clement hasn't really done anything. Wendell Smallwood's actually seen more snaps than him. So that's something I want to avoid. And, you know, A.J. Boye is going to be out. Mm -hmm. So you've got Jalen Ramsey. We're expecting him to be covering Alshon Jeffrey. Probably going to still start Alshon, but maybe you've got to sort of decrease his ceiling a little bit in that game because Jalen Ramsey's been so good. But, you know, even Carson Wentz, I mean, like, I I get it. The Jaguars defense has not kind of been what, what, you know, as great. But, I mean, they held held Watson to next to nothing. And, you know, the quarterback's, still have not put up great numbers when they face Jacksonville. So even if I have Carson Wentz, like if I have Wentz and say a Jameis Winston or an Andy Dalton, then I'm probably fading Wentz this week. Uh, yeah. As good as he's been. He's been very good. And so like I I still sort of believe, and I just, I, I think the worst thing about the Jaguars defense is the Jaguars offense that keeps putting No, I, No, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And making it hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the great play in that game is the Eagles defense. Oh, without a doubt. Because Blake Bortles is back to being the turnover machine that we all have come to know and love, at least when we're streaming defenses against him. Yeah. Now, the, the one question here in that Jaguars backfield, so, okay, we expect Carlos Hyde to be active, right? Who starts? Is it Yeldon? Is it Hyde? Is it a committee situation? Remember, they cut Jamal Charles. Mm. So it's basically Hyde and Yeldon. Do you start either one of these backs? I think if I start one, it might actually be Yeldon. Mm-hmm. Um, just the Eagles against pass catching backs have not been great so far this year. And, you know, having losing losing Derek Barnett, I think, is a big blow to that defense. Um, you know, it, it's, it's less pressure on the quarterback. So I, I guess I would lean toward Yeldon, but I don't like it because I just think they're going to sort of cannibalize one another there. I, you know, Carlos Hyde coming in, and I just have a feeling the Jaguars want to go back to trying to be a run-first team like they were with Leonard Fournette. This means bad things for Yeldon. I don't know that, that Carlos Hyde's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Just It's just bad. It's just a bad situation. I will give you one sleeper in this game, and that's Dante Moncrief, who has quietly had 13-plus PPR points in three of his last four games. He's averaged almost 10 targets in his last three contests, and the Eagles are giving up the second-most fantasy points to wide receivers who are lined out wide this season. So keep that in mind if you need a flex starter, if you're in a league where you start three wide receivers, whatever the case may be, Moncrief's probably out there on the waiver wire, and he's worth a roll of the dice. Yeah, I do like him kind of as a sleeper this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Broncos at Chiefs. Okay, Emmanuel Sanders has been very good. Not a surprise there. Philip Lindsay has been pretty good. Uh, that was definitely a surprise, but now we're sort of you know used to that happening. Any Broncos beyond that that you can trust regularly, even against the Kansas City Chiefs, anybody there that you trust regularly beyond, say, Lindsay and, and Sanders? No. Well, I mean, Lindsay, I'm trusting. He, he's been good. Royce Freeman's banged up. Uh, not sure if he's going to play this week. But regardless, Lindsay has proven to be the guy the last time he played the Chiefs, which was a few weeks back. I believe he had right around 16 PPR points. But, I mean, the Chiefs defense has actually been playing better, right? So, Case Keenum – I. I, I just don't trust Case Keenum. I mean, even in a two QB league or a Superflex league, I just don't trust him. Demarius, four teams on a bye, you maybe have to play him, uh, depending on the size of your league, the size of your rosters, but you don't have to necessarily like it. And it's funny, too, because when I wrote Stardom and Sidham this week, the two highest scoring defenses from a week ago, mm-hmm. Broncos, Rams, mm-hmm. both sits this week. Hmm. There is no more must-start defense. In the no, game. not anymore. Just Last season, you had the Jaguars, who you started every week. There is no more must-start defenses, and the Broncos should be back on the waiver wire this week. That's yeah, certain. Yeah, that's just the state of 
the NFL nowadays. There's, yep. there's no such thing as a, a defense that you know can can ball out every single week. But would you consider starting the Chiefs defense? The last couple of weeks, they have not been bad. They're forcing yeah. turnovers. They're yep. scoring fantasy points. They're getting sacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Broncos' offense hasn't been lights out. I mean, you know, Case Keenum is barely hanging on to his job. Would Would you consider starting the Chiefs? Yeah, defense? dude. I, I actually have them in my top 10 this week. They're, they're one of those defenses that – Okay, I get it. You know, in the early part of the season, you know, they weren't very good. Uh, They went through a three-week stretch where I think they scored about seven fantasy points combined. But in the last couple of games, you know, they had 22. Then they went to New England and got, you know, toasted. They had nothing, which is sort of why, again, there are no must-start defenses anymore. But they gave you 14 last week against the Bengals. And you mentioned it. Case Keenum is a guy who's, who's not careful with the football. Let's just put it that way. And I do believe that this Chiefs defense could give you another nice stat line at home at Arrowhead. I mean, that's kind of crazy. Like, you know, start of the year, we were just picking on the Chiefs defense left and right. We were staying away from them. But, you know, it's funny how their last two games at home combined 36 fantasy points. Pretty good. Funny how things change over uh, the course of a a long season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Browns at the Steelers. Now. As I was looking at this and I was going through making this rundown and, you know, kind of looking at stats and numbers and that sort of thing, I got hit with an interesting thought, right? Mm -hmm. Right now, as we sit here recording this podcast at 3.23 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday, October 25th, 2018. That reminds me. I'm tired. (laughs) It's been a long day, Eddie. Who would you rather have? Mm -hmm. David Njoku or Rob Gronkowski. Okay, can I ask a question? Sure. Is Rob Gronkowski healthy <laughs> or is he hurt? I mean, it's 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 Gronk as he is right now, which is like, you know, maybe he's 100%, maybe he's not. He's just kind of banged up and and you Isn't know. it crazy that this is actually like drawing thought? Like I I don't say Gronkowski boom right away. I still say Gronkowski, but ever since Baker Mayfield took over as a starter in Cleveland, I mean, Njoku has scored no fewer than 10 PPR points. He's got 10, 12, 18, 15, getting into the end zone the last couple of weeks. Uh, good matchup against the Steelers this week, so wouldn't be shocked if he had more points than Gronk again. But at the end of the day, I'd probably roll with Gronkowski. But Njoku, despite a very slow start to the season, has really come on and, and, and made a lot of fantasy owners who had faith in him as a potential tight end one very happy this season. Yeah, you know, Njoku was a guy that I thought was a sleeper coming into the year. And admittedly, like, I didn't I didn't have the, the stomach to, like, pull the trigger on him in a lot of leagues. I think I've got him in a couple places. Um, and, you know, the first couple of weeks when, when Terod Taylor was still the quarterback, there was it, nothing going it, it wasn't looking great, and it was, like, easy to sort of pull the shoot and bail out on that. But if you, if you kept the faith or if you grabbed him off the waiver wire, mm-hmm. you've been rewarded ever since uh, Baker Mayfield took over at quarterback. So... Uh, things are working out, and I, yes, I think I probably would go Gronk, but I really looked at that a long time last yeah, dude, night. Dude, it's close, man. <laughs> and like, it's, so, it's so weird, uh, you know, season in and season out, the, the questions that sort of come out that may have been considered just absolute ridiculousness at the beginning of a season, and then you're seven or eight weeks in, and you're like, yeah, actually, this is pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who, who would have known? It's uh, like, uh, you know, would you rather have, Philip Lindsay for the rest of the season or David Johnson? And you're thinking, hmm. In August, dude. Philip who? Oh, yeah. What? Nobody knew. What? Bron- what? Broncos running? Who? And now it's like, wow, they're close, you know? Yeah. It's insane. Man, it's wild. Um, okay, so the Steelers are at home, which normally means Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. I was going back through his game logs, though. He's been sort of hit or miss against the Browns, even at home or on the road. Um, I assume you're still starting Ben this week? Yep. No, no doubt about that. I'm starting them. And again, you know, depends on what your alternatives are. But in the leagues that I have, Big Ben, my alternatives are are not as good. And home game, Browns, and the Browns have gotten wrecked twice by quarterbacks on the road. Uh, Earlier this season, Derek Carr lit him up. I believe he had 31 points Mm -hmm. in in a five-quarter game. And then we also, of course, had that game against Jameis Winston where Winston gave you 20. And uh, a lot of it was as a running, uh, as a runner, but still 20 is 20. So I'm sticking with Big Ben coming off the bye week. You know, I'm starting to think in our in our calculations against the Browns, right? Should we just start? Should we start projecting for five quarters because they seem to play overtime like every other week? Like maybe we should just start start whomever because chances are they get a fifth quarter to, to produce. Yeah, I know, right? Against the Browns defense. <laughs> yeah, overtime games are good for fantasy purposes. They're That's great. Sure. Yeah, more chances to throw or run or do whatever because yep. more opportunities. All right, uh, Washington heading to New York to take on the Giants. 
is Jordan Reed droppable at this point? I was looking at I was looking Boy, at his production I mean, week to week, and it's. I know, and the matchup's not good this week either. I mean, droppable. I don't know about droppable because I mean the tight end position is so thin. You know, when people are you know rolling CJ Uzama out there every single week, I I don't think Jordan Reed's droppable. The way that I like to factor into whether or not I think a player should be dropped off my roster is not or not is if I drop him, is someone picking him up immediately? And I feel like if I drop Jordan Reed, he's going to get picked up in a heartbeat. And I mean, the Redskins are down like all the receivers. Like I have nobody. And I get it. It was the same thing last week. He didn't right. do anything. But I guess I'm, I, I would still hold out hope at a thin position. Uh, it'd be hard for me to cut I it. I mean, his, so his weekly his weekly totals, right? I mean, week one, he had 48 in the touchdown, which is his only touchdown of the year. Yep. Since then, 55 yards, 65 yards. Oh, no, it's been bad. 21 yards, one catch for 21 yards, 36, and then 43. Yeah, it's been bad. Oh, can't do it. Yeah, it's been bad. It's just been, it's been, and it's, you know, it's funny. So apparently we get, there are two, there are two versions of Jordan Reed. We get the really productive guy who gets hurt and doesn't play a full season. And now we get this healthy version of Jordan Reed who doesn't catch the ball anymore. Yeah. I think I, I think I'd rather have the first one. At least we get some production. And like, you know, (laughs) Alex Smith, I thought he liked to throw the ball to the tight end, but I guess he doesn't like to throw the ball to the tight end unless his name is like what Vernon Vernon Davis Davis. or Travis Kelsey. He likes throwing it to Vernon Davis. Certainly. I mean, maybe they're old San Francisco pals or something. Who knows? Uh, Anyway, that's Um, another weird question here, right? Fantasy wise. I mean, look, without getting into too much of it, there's no denying that Eli Manning has been bad this year, but we know that he's going to throw it to OBJ. We know he's going to throw it to Saquon. Now, as the Giants are trying to figure out what to do for the rest of the season, uh, you know, they're trading people. It seems as though they're starting the rebuild already. Don't we still want Eli to play? I mean, there's talk that Kyle Laletta at some point is going to play. And yeah, it makes dude, perfect sense. No. But like, we all still want Eli, right? Just because it's sort of the devil we know versus the devil we don't know, right? Remember what happened last season when they pulled Eli and put Geno in there? For no apparent reason. I know. For no reason at all. And uh, no, I, I I want Eli in there because the alternative is is not good. It's not better from a fantasy perspective. Unfortunately, coaches don't run their rosters based on fantasy because if they did, boy, our lives would be a whole heck of a lot easier. But Eli's coming off a 20-point game, and it was kind of like the ugliest 20-point game you ever saw. Mm-hmm. He didn't really do anything spectacular. It was all kind of dinks and dunks, which he's done. He had a couple of uh, long connections, too, of course, with OBJ and Sterling Shepard. But like this week, I, mean, I don't care who the quarterback is for the Giants. I ain't playing them because the Redskins' <laughs> defense is tough. NFC East game. I mean, you know, the Redskins, like, they're in first place. I mean, they're not even that good because the NFC East is just is awful this season. But I would expect more of a low-scoring game, and I would not expect Eli Manning to put up a nice number this week. And I wouldn't expect Alex Smith to do the same thing. It's amazing that Alex Smith was a top-five quarterback last season. It is amazing. It is becoming Because he is back to being what Alex Smith is, which is a a field general who's kind of a game manager and doesn't really score a lot of fantasy points. And um, for anyone who waited and drafted him late, well, hopefully you put him on the waiver wire because he has not been worth that draft pick. Yeah, no, that's been it has been frustrating there. This has this this all has a feeling though of a game that the Giants somehow win out of nowhere. Like it's been bad yeah. for the last couple of weeks. Everybody's like dumping on him. It's like you know, it's it's everything's everything's a dumpster fire there, and like people are like, oh yeah, you know, Washington, they're in first. This just feels like a game that out of nowhere they somehow sneak up and they drop like a thirty bomb on somebody. As a Cowboys it, right? fan, I actually have to. Uh, I'm sure you'd be okay with it. I got a root for the Giants this week mm. because we actually have a shot at getting, you know, maybe like a playoff spot, which is ridiculous to think because the Cowboys are not that great of a team, but the NFC East is so bad. And now we got Amari Cooper. Yay! We'll Honestly, see how that works out. For me, as, non-fantasy-wise, that is maybe the worst spot to be in as a fan. Like, your team is just good enough to make the playoffs, but you know they're not good enough to actually do anything because then what? Like, you, you get bounced in the first round. You get a mediocre spot in the draft. Like, there's just... Like you know, the Bills, right? Right. You're just... Because that's, that's how you get stuck in football purgatory. Like, you're just kind of hanging out there and yep. not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're not bad enough to get a good draft pick. You're not good enough to actually compete. It's got to be frustrating. Yep. Uh, Seahawks at the Lions. Last time we saw Doug Baldwin, he was, like, looking more like Doug Baldwin. Having mm-hmm. a nice game. He had, like, 90-some-odd yards. He looked like he was back to being himself. Then they go on a bye, so we have to wait. But now... Even though the Lions' secondary has been pretty good, are we back on board the Baldwin bandwagon? Well, 
Boy, you got that out. You like that? Real well. You like that, that was good. I'm playing him as a three. That's kind of where I've been slotting him into my lineup uh, before the bye week. And it was good to see him start to get that connection again with Russell Wilson. But the one concern that I have is that the Seahawks are running the ball. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, this, I mean, well, except for Russell Wilson, which is killing us. Right. Russell's not running He's the ball. He's the one guy who's not running the ball. But I mean, like, I mean, the Lions defense is so bad against the run. They've been in gas. That's why they made the, the trade for snacks. Um, I don't know that that's going to help them this week. But, you know, Seattle lean on Chris Carson. They could lean on Mike Davis, uh, potentially limiting Baldwin's ceiling this week. I have him as a three uh, slash flex starter and hoping for good things. I do believe that Darius Slay will end up hooking up against Tyler Lockett in this contest. So Baldwin should miss out uh, on Detroit's best cover corner. That's bad. Because I kind of like I kind of like the Tyler Lockett potentially as a, a sleeper in this one. But if he's locked up against Slay, eh, maybe not. Um, What do we do about Marvin Jones? I don't know. Cut him. <laughs> yeah, I, like he's he's a guy who's not. He's barely rosterable based on the resume of 2017's production, which was very good. But, I mean, they have Galladay. They have Golden Tate. And suddenly, they got a little running game going there. They do. Carry on Johnson starting to look good, man. I hope they keep giving him the ball. We'll see. Um, Theo Riddick's been banged up and missed last week's game. So, we'll see if Carry On's uh, workload declines at all this week. Hopefully not. Uh, I have him slotted in as an RB2 this week. But yeah, Marvin Jones is getting real close to being a guy that just belongs on the waiver wire. And, I mean, let's be honest, too. Like, Matt Stafford, okay, you know, I get it. Matt Stafford's always in the top 10 at the end of the season. You know, he has his peaks and valleys. But he hasn't been that good this season. Yeah, I don't know if he gets in the top 10. I mean, if you look at his numbers right now, uh, I mean, in, in the first week of the season, I remember, I mean, he didn't anything against the Jets. I mean, that was a that was. A, dumpster fire that, that was game. awful yeah. but i mean looking he's he's put up what fewer than 18 fantasy points in four of his first six games he's the qb 19 right? yeah and at this point like 18 points is kind of like it's that's the the low mark for a good performance from a quarterback right i mean if you're not getting 18 or more from your quarterback in this day and age this season it's not really all that good and the Seahawks are, are, are tough. I mean, I get it. They're not the Legion of Boom. But, I mean, right now, quarterbacks have a 79.9 passer rating against them. And no quarterbacks finished better than 13th in fantasy points against them. So Stafford's a guy that I, I actually caught him in one of my leagues, believe it or not, because it's a 10-team league and, and there was just a lot of good quarterbacks out there. But uh, Stafford's not a guy I'm playing this week. And Russell Wilson is also an interesting, uh, an interesting case here because – Detroit's defense, as bad as they are against the run, pretty tough against quarterbacks this season. So, And Russell, I mean, his last two games before the bye were pretty good, but if he's not giving you consistent rushing yardage, and if he's not the threat to run the football as he's been for most of his career, I mean, that limits his ceiling from a fantasy perspective big time. So I'm really interested to see what they do with Russell this week. Uh, to me, he's a fade. I don't have him in my top 12. I mean, to me, the, the, the rushing yards are maybe the biggest surprise. With I, yeah, he's, he's not even on pace for like 200 yards. Yeah, it, that, that's the biggest. And maybe it's, I don't know, I think it's a combination of things. I think it's one that he's taken a lot of hits in the last couple of years behind a bad offensive line. Uh, the other part of it is that they have figured out a running game. So it's not necessarily imperative for him to run the football quite as much because they can turn around and hand it to Chris Carson or Mike Davis or yep. whomever. So they don't necessarily need Russell Wilson to get out and run. But that's not helping. It's not helping us. And I don't know how that's really helping necessarily the the Seahawks offense if he's going to be stationary in the pocket because that's just not his game. That's not what's made him really good all these mm-hmm. years. Uh, Bucks at Bengals. Is this a Deshaun Jackson week? Like, it's hard to figure out when it's a Deshaun Jackson week. Is this one? See, I have I have a less faith in Jackson since Winston took over because they just they can't connect. They don't have that rapport going on. I, I mean, Jackson has one touchdown since week two, and it was a rushing touchdown. That's Crazy. it. Crazy. And his numbers, I mean, when he had Fitzmagic in there, he was at 146, 129. You're like, oh, Jackson's back. Uh, had 112 in week four against the Bears, and then since then, you've got 77, you got 25, and the fantasy production is really not there. Chris Godwin's also in the mix. Mike Evans clearly 
The guy that I really like in this game from the Buccaneers, though, is O.J. Howard. Mm -hmm. O.J. Howard is making Cameron Brait sort of disappear uh, from the fantasy landscape, at least. He's a playmaker who a lot of us expected him to be a deep sleeper this season, much in the in the same vein as, as in David Njoku. And he's played extremely well, and he's gaining that rapport with Winston. And I really do think he is a top 10 tight end this week and probably moving forward uh, throughout the rest of the season. You know, the thing about, about Deshaun Jackson and Jameis Winston, Deshaun Jackson is still one of the fastest men in the, in the NFL. Yeah. How does Jameis Winston overthrow him all the yeah. time? Like, how? Like, I really think if we had, if he had been old enough, we could have sent him to Iraq. He would have overthrown Saddam Hussein. Oh, my goodness gracious. How about that one? Really? He would have pulled the statue right down all I mean, by himself. Just, just, I don't know how they can't, how it is that he overthrows Deshaun Jackson. I wasn't Jackson. expecting that. Eddie. All <laughs> the time. It just, it, it blows me away. I mean, it's almost, if it weren't so unproductive, like, it would almost be like an amazement to me. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I, I would like to say, and I haven't done the podcast, you know, for a few years, but I guarantee that's got to be the first Saddam probably. Hussein mention probably. on the NFL Fantasy Life podcast. Probably. Got to be. Um this is a good Andy Dalton week, right? Like we can, I know last week we thought it was a good Andy Dalton week because he was playing the Chiefs. We're like, yeah, start him. And then he laid yeah. a turd. Um, you know what we forgot? It was prime time. Yes. Prime time game. He was we on the road. It was that. a prime time game. Like we didn't think about that. So this week uh, he's at home. Yep. It's not in prime time. Yep. And the Bucks are still bad. Yep. So like these, this is good, right? Like we can start Andy Dalton. This yep. Week, right. No doubt. And I mean, look at the numbers, right? The Buccaneers have given up 12 touchdown passes. Uh, and they're giving up 34 points a game to quarterbacks on the road. And this one is in the Queen City. I say the Red Rifle gets uh, gets right against the Bucks. All right. Good. I have him. I don't know if I have him in my top 10. He's either 10th or 11th, but it's it's a good week for quarterback matchups. So uh, that's not to say he is not a stardom. I would definitely start him. I'd start him over Russell Wilson. I'd start him over Cam Newton. I'd start him over Matt Stafford. Oh, all right. Yeah, I think Stafford definitely after we yep. had a little Stafford chat just yep. a minute ago. Um, Jets at Bears. No more below Powell. We talked a little bit about Isaiah Crowell's value. Yep. You know, interesting, I didn't put this in here, but just thinking about this. Chris Herndon, because, again, we're all thirsty for tight ends. Yeah, we are. Without Quincy and Nunwa, I just have a feeling that, that Chris Herndon, you know, he's not going to be a target monster or anything, but that he's going to get some looks, and especially down near the goal line when the Jets can get there. I just have a sneaky feeling that Chris Herndon's a nice stream play this week. Three weeks in a row, though, you think? Like, I, I feel like at some point with a player like Chris Herndon, and he's had two touchdowns in his last two games, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, okay, he's not going to have another touchdown in the third consecutive week. And it's the Bears, it's Soldier Field. It's I, I don't know if I could play him. Jerry O'Connell actually loved him last of week. Of course he did. Jerry O'Connell, right? The diamond in the rough. But... I don't know if I'm playing him this week. I will tell you this. If he does have a good good line this week, um, then you're starting to think about it. Mm-hmm. Then you're starting to think about it. But I need another week, and I need to see him do it against a good defense. And this is, I mean, the Bears' defense is still kind of It's still pretty good. Yes, I, I guess it's still kind of good. It's but, still pretty good. Um, I'd fade him. All right. Um, is this is this the last chance? Not last chance, but I mean, what if Jordan Howard doesn't do it this week? Are we? <laughs> that song just just came into my head. <laughs> last dance. Oh, Jesus! We're going to go some Donna <laughs> Summer, little Donna <laughs> Summer. Wow! <laughs> that song just popped into my head when um, you said that, man. This, but is this is this kind of like the last chance for Jordan Howard? Are we are we going to start like you know what do we do if he doesn't do it this week against the Jets? Like Tariq Cohen has. It's taken over back there. You you would have never thought in a million years I would have pulled a Donna Summer reference. We've had out. Saddam Hussein and Donna Summer. Right, I know. What's yeah. going on in here, Eddie? Who would have thought? Um I mean, dude, you can't cut him, but you don't necessarily have to like playing him. Again, you got four teams on a bye. I mean, but his numbers have been, you know, two point five, four point nine. He had the touchdown last week. He hadn't rushed for more than eighty two yards in a game this season. And, you know, on Maurice Jones-Drew is talking about how things are going to get better when it gets colder. Maybe that's going to happen. Maybe it's not going to happen. But at this point, I mean, Joho is a flex for me. I mean, borderline RB2 flex for me, and that's it. Just because we, we know how good he is. I mean, he's been tremendous in his in his NFL career in his first two seasons. Rushed for over 1,000 yards in both seasons. But, I mean, at this point, I mean, you're right. I mean, Cohen went from, boy, 
should he even be rostered in fantasy leagues to holy crap he's averaging 26 games so cohen is certainly the running back of choice in chicago when it comes to fantasy right now and jordan howard is a guy that if if the bye weeks are over i've got a full complement i've got a good stable of running backs that if he didn't turn things around and he hasn't turned things around and he's had some good matchups too if he doesn't turn things around he's gonna be on my bench this was a guy that I thought after the first couple of weeks could end up being like a league winner for people. I, I really thought that, that that's where things were going to go with Jordan Howard. And uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Hasn't happened. <laughs> not, not at all. Uh, you know, G Suite is a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. And these tools help improve your work life, both in terms of your experience and the outputs you create. Hence their new campaign. Make it with G Suite. You know when you've got 20 identical versions of a document labeled final and no clue which one's the latest? So then you make another version. You call that one final, final. Like another one after that. It's like final, final, final. You know, I think it's kind of crazy after that. Well, with G Suite by Google Cloud, a range of work apps like Gmail, doc and slides that you make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of version after version of a project and since all the tools are cloud-based your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time to find out more about g suite's productivity tools visit gsuite.com that's gsuite.com make it with g suite by google cloud all right going through the week eight schedule here we're down to the ravens at the panthers uh, two teams that you know defensively are pretty good. It's not a great matchup on either side anywhere, but except one place, the Panthers are kind of rough against tight ends. They've given up some yards and some some touchdowns to tight ends, but the problem here is I can't make any sense of the Ravens tight end situation. There's no like one can. four guys no that are all rotating through, and I was like trying to figure out who's getting more snaps, and mm-hmm. it's so evenly spread out. There's just n- there's just no analysis to be made. I can't figure anything out about There's it. There's no one to trust there. That That's the big problem. I mean, if it was a different season and we knew it was like Ben Watson, for example, you know, when he was there, then, you know, maybe you throw him in there as a potential streamer this week. But you're looking at a situation where, you know, Hayden Hurst is in the mix. You know, Nick Boyle, Max Williams, Mark Andrews. I mean, geez, there's no one. There's there, there's not one guy. And I believe, you know, Obviously, long term, that guy should be Hayden Hurst. But right now, it's just not the guy there is John Brown uh, at the wide receiver position, who's been tremendous, uh, who's been a great draft bargain this season. And he's been Joe Flacco's guy. But at the tight end position, regardless, there's just no one to trust. And it's too bad, too, because we could use all the tight ends. We use all the tight ends we can, know, get. That we can get. Oh, seriously. I mean, wow. I never thought we'd go to a place where there's like a tight end committee. Like, never thought what it is. Never thought we'd see a tight end. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, How are we feeling about Christian McCaffrey's 2018? Because it's like it's a thing that people spend a fairly high draft pick on him, thinking he was sort of a fringe RB one, and the returns have not been. I mean, partially because Cam Newton keeps taking all of his touchdowns. Yeah, just the the production has not matched what we expected this year. Started off great. Mm -hmm. Started off great. I mean, he had what, 20-plus in, I think, three of his first four. Um, but he's got one touchdown. That's it. That's it, man. And and it was a pass-catching touchdown. He's only rushed for over 100 yards one time. He had that monster game, uh, I think it was against the Bengals. Yep. He just went nuts. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if I'm going to keep getting 13 and 14 and 15 points from him, I'm not going to be real thrilled in a PPR league. Uh, and the matchup is not great this week against Baltimore. But – you know, things will get better. You've got Tampa Bay in week nine, and then you've got in week 11, the Lions who can't stop the run. And then when you look at the schedule in weeks 14 through 16, which is the fantasy playoffs, you're at Cleveland. I think he can he can do well there. Then New Orleans at home. New Orleans' defense has been tough against running backs, but McCaffrey is not your average running back. And then you've got Atlanta in what could be a high-scoring affair. Yeah, Uh Man, it's just it's just been disappointing. I you know, and he started off so hot. Started well, and we thought, okay, well, this is it. This is how it works, right? But no, um, yep. Cam Newton is is crushing. And they're crushing not using, they're not using my my boy C J Anderson at all. I mean, at all. And, McCaffrey's getting all the burn. Well, and now we're starting to see more Curtis Samuel working in here too, which is uh, complicating matters a whole lot more. Um, Colts at the Raiders. Okay, so. When I did this rundown, it was last night before the news of Marlon Mack not practicing. Yep. Uh, so I, I, I first I thought, well, maybe this is the end of Naheem Hines. But obviously, that's not the case anymore. Naheem Hines may still be back in our lives if Marlon Mack uh, doesn't play this weekend against the Raiders. Um, 
I mean, I guess we kind of talked about it, though. Are there any running backs? I guess Hines is maybe a start, but anybody else? Jordan Wilkins? I mean, nobody else back there that we really yeah, trust Matt, in that back. Yeah, if Matt can't play, I'd go Hines in PPR, and um, I'd be expecting a whole lot of passes from Andrew Luck. Yeah. A whole lot of passes I think, from I think, Andrew Luck. I think that's that's kind of a, a thing anyway. Yep. Um, on the Raiders' side, um, all right, let's – Let's can we just take a minute to reevaluate the Raider offense? Because like we won, it's not it's not very good. Not very good. But Amari Cooper is in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch is on injured reserve. Mm-hmm. Likely done his. This may be the the last we see of Marshawn Lynch in an NFL uniform. This this could be the end. Good chance. Which, yeah. R.I.P. Um. So okay, so Doug Martin and Jalen Richard are now your running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordy Nelson now becomes your top wide receiver. Martavis Bryant, I guess, works in the in. mix. Yep. Uh, Jared Cook is still there, who I, I kind of like as a sleeper this week. <sighs> That's your guy. I mean, like, <laughs> and, I, I mean, and I know I get it. I get it, you know, because trusting Jared Cook is just typically not a smart thing to do. But when you look at the numbers, he's still up there among he's the tight top end tight six. ends <laughs> when it comes to PPR points, when it comes to uh, targets. And that has a lot to do with the fact that the position is just just a mess this season but i heck i mean you know he's gonna see maybe some more targets with amari cooper uh, now in dallas and you know the, the colts this defense is not one that's very formidable uh overall um so cook should he should be in a, he should be in a spot where he could potentially be a top 10 tight end this week you want to know how bad tight ends are um oj howard mm-hmm. right is a situation where He's had a bye week. Yep. He missed the game missed with the injury. Game. Yep. And he's still a top 10 tight end. Yeah. It's insane. It's this is the worst the worst position uh that I can remember in any season in terms of the depth and in terms of the number of I mean Rob Gronkowski who has, you know, been banged up and hasn't really had a great season. I mean, he's still right there in your top 10. He missed the game last week. You're looking right now at a at a top five of Ertz and Kelsey. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Eric Ebron. Boo, what the heck? George Kittle, who I liked, but I didn't think he's going to be top five. Right. And then Jared Cook. And then Trey Burton, six. And most of his production came last week. So and then you've got Austin Hooper and Njoku. I think at the end of the at the end of the season, you could end up seeing if Gronk can actually get out there and perform. He'll move up into the top five, and Njoku is going to move up into the top five. I think Ebron's going to end up moving down, uh, especially with Jack Doyle. It looks like he's getting closer to return. Jack Doyle could possibly come back this week, but, which uh, potentially blows up Eric Ebron. You know what? Too, I mean Jimmy Graham. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham has Graham. been a big disappointment. Yeah. Although he didn't, he, here's like the last couple of games he started to bounce back. Right? Yeah, had 100, 100 uh, yards against the Niners last week. Had seventy six the week before that against the Lions. So maybe he's starting to rebound. And actually, you know, it's funny because you look at it. Week two, he had ninety five yards. Yeah. Uh, against the Vikings, he's had two really rotten weeks. Right. Really bad. And he has only one touchdown. Yeah. But. He's still just kind of hanging around, yep. like you know, just he's just outside the top ten. That's just been a bad year. So should, <laughs> should we so should we skip over uh, to Packers and Rams then? Now we're talking about Graham, who I mean, sure, this should be a high scoring game, right? It I mean, should. it should be. It should be, right? And the Rams haven't done well against tight ends. I mean, they got. They got clubbed yes, by Jared by Cook Jared, in week one. By Jared Cook, right. No that, doubt. That's what put Jared Cook in our lives, back in our lives in week one, because he went off against the Rams. I, yep. So in theory, this should be a big game for Jimmy Graham. You would think so. You would think so. And and clearly he's a guy you're going to start. And, um, you know, Jared Goff, who, remember he had that huge game against Minnesota, and yep. everyone, including myself, was thinking, you know, this guy could end up being a QB1 the rest of the season. Since then, he hadn't He's been, been kind of meh. He hadn't been that good. And it's not anything that Jared Goff is doing. They don't it's, need him. I mean, when Todd Gurley's scoring three touchdowns every game, you don't need your quarterback to do much of anything. Right. But I do like him in this game. And, you know, Green Bay's defense has actually been good, air quotes, good against quarterbacks if you look at the fantasy points allowed. But they haven't really played a lot of good quarterbacks. So I think Goff is a is a top 10 play this week, despite the fact that he wouldn't have Cooper Cup for another week. Hopefully Cooper's going to be back sooner rather than later. He'll get him back. And 
I mean, this is one of those games you could see going like 45-38. Yeah. Neither defense is going to be a big factor from a fantasy standpoint. Going to be a lot of points. You know, Geronimo Allison's a guy that we've talked about this week who we both like, who is a sort of off the radar because out of sight, out of mind, but he's expected to be back this week. And in a game where it could be high scoring, I mean, he had double-digit PPR points in every game before he went down with the injury. So uh, Geronimo Allison is certainly someone who I'm glad to have back in our fantasy lives because he had been productive. Yeah, you know, he had been very productive. Um, it's kind of like, I don't think we knew beyond Devontae Adams what was going to happen, but now we've kind of gotten an idea. Yeah, Randall Cobb him. is supposed to be back this week too. So, yeah. And Rodgers, you know, had an extra week to maybe rest that knee because he's been banged up. So should be a should be a fun game. Um, 49ers at Cardinals. So it's it's Raheem Mostert. Like, he's a thing now, right? So Matt Breida, not in practice again on Thursday. Offers probably more, just sit out. Offer, right. I mean, like, I get it. You know what? You're trying to go out there and play hurt, and, you know, it's very admirable. But at some point, I mean. You're not helping anybody. Right, especially <laughs> you're eating up an active roster spot on a Sunday, and then you can't play um, after going out there for a few snaps. I let Mostert come in and, and handle the load against what is a bad Cardinals run defense. And we've seen the Cardinals get gashed week in, over, week out, over. all the time. They can't stop the run. Mostert can come in. He's got plenty of upside. I have him in my top 20 running backs this week in PPR. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm starting him anywhere I was able to grab him off the waiver wire, uh, especially with these four teams on a bye. So Mostert is probably the only Niner not named George Kittle that I would start, though, this week, because you would think that Marquis Goodwin is is going to see a lot of Patrick Peterson in this game. And other than that, there's not a whole lot to like in San Francisco. Although, I guess if you want to go you want to stream deep, their, you want to stream deep their sleeper, defense? yeah. Stream their defense? I mean, Josh Roden hadn't really been that good, so maybe the Niners, and I like the Cardinals' defense, too, right. uh, vice versa. But, yeah, I mean, the Niners' defense could be decent as well. That's a that's a deep sleeper for you. Yeah, no doubt. Um, talk a little bit about Byron Leftwich and, and how he is going to be the uh, fantasy hero that we deserve. We hope. Um, and we talked about it mostly in terms of what it means for David Johnson. But is there some hope that maybe he just – if, if David Johnson gets going, does that help the rest of this offense? Does that help Christian Kirk? Does it even help Larry Fitzgerald a little bit if they can get David Johnson? Well, they also, I mean, Leftwich has already said as well, he wants to get, you know, Fitzgerald more involved in the offense. I mean, it's only one of the greatest wide receivers in the history of the National Football League. Right. He may as well throw him the damn ball. He finally had a good stat line, you know, last week. Uh, I believe he had 14 PPR points. But if if they can establish the run, if they can stay on the field, if they can put David Johnson in a position to succeed, whether it's as a runner or a receiver out of the backfield, and you know we talked about it when he had that breakout year in 2016. I mean, I believe he ran well over 600 routes that season, mm-hmm. and you know this season they're not giving him opportunities as a runner; they're basically running him up the middle, which. I mean, <laughs> You got a versatile guy who can make plays in space, who can catch the ball out of the backfield. Let's just run him right up the gut behind our very shaky offensive line. Let's just do that. So hopefully Byron Leftwich is going to be smarter than Mike McCoy is. Uh, the one the one worry I have is that, I mean, Leftwich has never done this before. He's called plays in a preseason game once in a limited fashion for Bruce Arians, and that's it. I do like that Arians is big on him because Bruce Arians is an offensive genius, and uh, I've enjoyed many a fantasy point from a player who played under Arians. And I guess the one reason to be optimistic is that McCoy is not calling the shots anymore. And Leftwich has got to be smarter than McCoy in terms of the fact, hey, guys, you've got one of the best running backs in the National Football League. Use him. Give him the football. Use him and put Josh Rosen in a a situation where – I'm not saying statistically he can succeed, but don't put him in a position to fail. He's a rookie quarterback with very little experience, and he's not a guy that's going to go out there and throw for 330 and three touchdowns and win you games. You've got to run the football. You've got to try and play better defense. You've got to utilize David Johnson. You've got to give Larry Fitzgerald the football, mix in Christian Kirk, who's proven to be a pretty good playmaker. And I think that's the that's the formula for this Cardinals team to start being more competitive. Because the last time we saw the Cardinals, I mean... Wasn't good. It was bad. Not good. It was embarrassing. Not good. Yeah. Um, Saints at Vikings. Start them all. I asked this question <laughs> like only there's maybe 25% joking in here. Uh-huh. 
when do we start worrying about Taysom Hill snaking carries away from guys? Oh, man. I mean, I, I went and looked last night, right? His his carries have actually gone up every... He's gone from three to four to five to six in the last month. I'm, I'm seeing stories on Twitter about how he's like the brand new toy for Sean yeah, in this right, offense. Exactly. Like, what is going on? Like, at know. some point, like, this is becoming a problem now. It is. Uh, because any lost opportunities for either Ingram or Kamara to get the football in their hands is bad for fantasy football. It just is because these are two of the most explosive running backs in the entire league. They both finished in the top 10 last season at that position. And to give, I mean, okay, yeah, it's your little toy. It's fine. You know, Sean Payton, how he hates our fantasy teams, but at some, listen, the Saints, they, they figured the formula out last year, right? They had the blueprint. I mean, they were one wacky play away from getting one step closer yep. to the Super Bowl. I yep. mean, so why, why, you know, why sort of drift away from that? I mean, give Ingram the ball, give Kamara the ball. This guy, hey, you know what? If you want him to get out in the football field, let him play special teams, okay? Have a little fun with him out there. But I don't like the fact that a that a quarterback's, I, I, is he like a, he's kind of like a Tim T, he's kind of like a bigger Tim Tebow kind of guy, right? Yeah. I mean, like when it t- comes to running the football, I mean, that, that's that's not good for any of us in, in the world of fantasy. It's no. not good for any of us. It's just, it's like, oh, it's so frustrating. I remember, and it, it, it makes me go back to a few years ago when it just seemed like the Saints didn't like Mark Ingram for whatever reason, yeah. and they would find any reason to not give him the ball. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's remember, there was a few years ago, they gave Kobe Fleener a goal line carry. I remember that. Mark Ingram. I remember that. Now we're out here with you know, Taysom Hill getting goal line carries and getting work in the red. Like, <sighs> Stop the insanity, man. Seriously. Uh, on the other side, where has Stefan Diggs gone? That's he, a good question. He has not really I'm not sure. been much in our lives lately. But you know what? Like, this is so Stefan Diggs. Every season he starts out, I mean, like gangbusters. Mm-hmm. And then he gets into the course of the season, and the numbers kind of aren't there. They're, they're more inconsistent. And I was hoping to see more consistency from this guy when Kirk Cousins was the quarterback. And they haven't really had a running game. I mean, Latavius has done well the last couple of weeks. But before that, I mean, they, they haven't been able to run the ball at all. So I'm very surprised at Stephon Diggs. He, he had the Nelson Aguilar stat line that you loved last week. What was it, 8 for 33? Something stupid like so that. So, like, you know, in PPR, gross. he was still okay. But even, I Just mean, gross. 11 points is not all that great. You, you drafted Stephon Diggs, you know, what, in the second, third, fourth round? I mean, fourth round at the most. And you're not getting the production that you were hoping from him. Hopefully this week things do turn around. Um, but Adam Thielen, I mean... You remember in the preseason, one of the biggest question marks, which Vikings wide receiver do you draft first? Adam Thielen has answered that question. Yep, no doubt. I mean, the guy's the guy's done everything. Uh, I mean, he's on a ridiculous pace. He's had 100-plus yards in every game this season. And Kirk Cousins, clearly, he's got a thing for him. He clearly has a thing for him. Now, you know, Diggs this week, the matchup is good. Should be a high-scoring game. Clearly, you're not benching him. Uh, the one player that I feel like is going to have that big monster game this week is Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Kirk Cousins and his stats over the last four or five games, they haven't been that good. Nope. It's not like one really good game. Yep. Everything else has been like under 18. And again, we talked about, you know, 18 is kind of like, that's where you want to be in terms of the floor for a good performance from a quarterback. But this week I see him getting well over 20 fantasy points in what should be a high scoring affair. All right. Well then I, I may have to adjust my lineup. And uh, I, I always have this I, every week I have both Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins. So I have this, I, like, I have them close. So I have, yeah, but I have, I have cousins ahead of them. I mean, cousins has been better than Goff uh, for, for most of the season too. Uh, again, Goff has kind of struggled the last few weeks. It's so. just like, it's my weekly, like it's like my weekly struggle. Do I start cousins? Do I start golf because I have like you know I've got like Todd Gurley I had Cooper Cup until uh, recently yeah, to trade, trade him like but I also have Adam Thielen so it's like either way I've got a stack it's 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 a yeah man you got Thielen and you got Devontae in that league too yes, right I, do. I think the last yeah. time you won our league didn't you have Devontae, I had Devontae also? Adams I had Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams yeah. so yep. hmm, maybe new strategy just draft Wait, Devontae I'm, Adams all the time I'm struggling in that league <laughs> I, think I, I think I've had like the the second most points scored against me that's so frustrating it's so frustrating <laughs> so now I'm just trying to score points so I can get into that six seed oh man uh finally Patriots at Bills on Monday night do you tr- trust Josh Gordon this week uh is Gronkowski back. I mean, like if Gronkowski is out again, supposed to be back. You know, right? So then I, I would trust Gordon a little bit more because obviously, uh, you know, the target share isn't split up by one more person. But if Gronkowski is back, he's a three flex, 
and that's that's what he is. He had a very good game last week, uh, very solid outing with Gronkowski on the sidelines. Um, but, I mean, the Patriots just have so many mouths to feed in that offense. I mean, Julian Edelman is, is their best wide receiver uh, from a fantasy standpoint, no question. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Gronkowski there. James White is, oh, boy, you want to talk about a draft bargain. Goodness gracious. Right. I mean, that guy was, he wasn't a, a top 80 pick, was no, he? I mean, not no one, it was Rex Burkhead that everyone was on. And, and James White has just been solid. Um, so I, I would say three flex. And the thing with Gordon is that, like, he's got, I mean, his floor is kind of low. But, like, if he ever goes off, I mean, he can give you 20. Right. Uh, and he can give you 15 of it on one play because he's so good. Do you start any Bills? So if McCoy is active, I still don't like him, mm-hmm. right? We talked about it. Um, if Ivory is active and McCoy is out, I would flex Ivory, but I don't love it. Mm-hmm. Game script. I mean, the the Patriots are going to blow the doors off this team. You would think at least. Right. This is not going to be another Minnesota situation where the Bills go in and and actually destroy the Vikings. I mean, they're the Patriots are going to kill this team. Right. You would you would think. Yes. You would think. So um, probably not, man. I mean, it's it's an all Patriot fantasy night. It's an all <laughs> Patriots defense. Gostkowski, Gronkowski, Gordon, Edelman, White, Brady. It's an all Patriots night. In uh, you know what? I want to actually talk to Michael Koval and see if we can actually get this. Um, Michael's uh, kicks butt doing. Uh, Doing the work of uh, of a yeoman with a with a product here at, at NFL.com and find out what percentage of bills are, are actually active in that game because it's got to be low. Got to be low. It's got to be super low. I mean, I would think you know Lashawn McCoy if he's active, right? Right when he plays, uh, he's one. Maybe some Kelvin Benjamin. Those maybe. are the people who aren't paying attention anymore. Maybe some Kelvin Benjamin. Mm. Uh, maybe you've got a few Chris Ivories mm-hmm. in there. That's good. I mean, that I got to ask him about that. I just can't imagine there's a whole lot of, I, you know, like nobody's starting Josh Allen even when he was, no. he was healthy. Nobody nope. was starting Zay Jones. It could be like the lowest percentage. I, I did start Charles Clay in the league last week, and that did not work out for no. me. No. It could be like the lowest percentage in the last like five or ten years of uh, a team having their players started in fantasy football leagues because they have nothing. nothing. And even McCoy hasn't been that great. It's been brutal. Yeah. And did did they make the playoffs last season? They did. How the hell did the Bills make the playoffs last season? They did. That. (laughs) Well, they did because, you know, Tyler Boyd. That's how they made the play. (laughs) Tyler Boyd. Andy Dalton to Tyler Boyd is how the Bills made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's our week eight preview. So uh, set your lineups. Uh, By the way, a reminder, uh, again, that London game again, it's an early one. It's a 930 kickoff start on the East Coast, 630 a.m. on the West Coast. Get up, make sure, you know, set an alarm or something just so you don't get Melvin Gordon. Like I know a lot of people did last week who woke up late. And uh, turned on the game only to find out Melvin Gordon was inactive and Dude, got stuck. I don't think we have any of those sort of... I don't think there's anything like that this Like week. the whole Carlos Hyde thing, like we're not sure, like, you know, what's going on in terms of whether or not he right, but I don't is know the starter or not. I mean, I'd probably still be leaning towards Yeldon and on the Eagles side, no. Yeah, I don't think there's any any real injuries. I think you should be safe setting your lineup but, before uh, bed. But just in case you're, you know, waffling on somebody and not sure, you know, set an alarm, whatever. Get up and and, uh, and figure it out. All right. It is uh, time for one of my favorite parts of the week. It's Eddie's Delirious Pick. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> All right, guys, you brought him up before. Uh, I'm sticking with the quarterbacks this week for my Delirious Pick. Uh, Andy Dalton playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a two-part, uh, I guess, reason as to why. Okay. I'm going with him. Um, so I'm picking him to be the top point getter for quarterbacks. This oh, week. number okay. one. All right. Number one overall. Um, he's been okay this year. He had two games north of uh, 30 points, if I remember correctly. But they're playing the Buccaneers. The first part of this is just like the Bucs might be, if you ask me, like, what team do you want to watch the least? I'd probably say <laughs> the Bucs. Yeah. It's just like, they're just a, it's a mess going on both sides of the ball. I could see him uh, tearing the defense up. They have not been great. And it's because also I think the NFL is just like a league of averages almost. Like everything finds its level. So everyone expected last week Dalton to have a great game versus the Chiefs. He didn't. 
uh, comes back this week strong, I think, with a, a really good performance versus uh, the lowly Buccaneers. And there's a couple other matchups, too, with quarterbacks that I don't particularly love. I know Brady has an easy one, but I could see Brady just, they're, you know, the Patriots running the ball when they're crushing the Bills. Um, right, you know, second half, it may just be a lot yeah, of Yeah, so some games off. like that are going to be tough. I don't think I don't think Rodgers will have the easiest time versus the, the Rams. Mahomes versus Denver, they, they you know, they gave him some trouble. Uh, they give, they've been giving quarterbacks trouble. So I, I could see Dalton having just an, uh, a really, really, really good game this week. Then that's not so. You know, we do a, a hot take, hot take takedown segment every week on on Fantasy Live, and I I didn't do it, but I did give some long thought to making Andy Dalton the QB one this week in my hot take takedown. So um, I'm on board. I like that. I think that's cool. Um, all right, so before we get out of here, uh, do we have some mailbag tweets we, we can get do, to? We do, we do. Let's get to a couple uh, tweets here. Thanks to everyone who tweeted at the uh, podcast handle, or don't forget to also tweet it at Marcus G and at Michael underscore Fabiano. Uh, we'll start off here with at Javi OG. Which two should I start out of Kenyon Drake, Nick Chubb, and Jordan Howard's full point PPR? Please help. I'd say Drake and Chubb. Yeah, Ugh. and I don't like either matchup. I don't, I don't like any, all three of those guys. All three of the matchups are, yeah, I mean, I'd agree with Marcus, but I don't like the matchup for him. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Javi will love you guys. Sorry, bud. <laughs> hey, we didn't pick hey, your look, team. Javi knows it's not a great choice. No. That's uh, true. That's why he is. That's asking. why he asked. Uh, we have at Horstbauer4. Should I start Latavius Murray this week against New Orleans or roll a dice with either Buck Allen, Aaron Jones, or Mike Davis? No. Uh, I'd probably go Latavius. Yeah, I would, um, too. Mike Davis, Mike Davis would be my number two choice. Right, yeah. right. Mike Davis is interesting, but I'd go Latavius. Yeah. We have at Legendary J, who would you start, Yeldon or Doug Martin? <laughs> I guess I'd go Yeldon. I mean, I'm expecting him to see more of the workload than Carlos Hyde. I don't know if it's going to be a split or not, but um, the alternative I see, like, and I get it. You know, Doug Martin came out today and he said that, hey, there's still gas in the tank, whatever the case and may even be. The, even the coaches are like, yeah, he looks great. We're going to run the him. The guy's averaging, what, like three yards of carry in the last two or three seasons? I mean, show it, and then we'll back you up. The stats don't back up what Martin is saying. So, I, I mean, I think Jalen Richard this week is probably going to score more points in PPR leagues than Doug Martin. I could be wrong. I will say this. Gruden brought him in for a reason. Like, I mean, he didn't need him. He didn't need him, right? So he's got to have something. And Gruden, you know, he's like, I mean, we don't know what the heck's going on. I his head yes. in his but, I mean, like, Martin should be owned in all leagues, but I don't know if I'm playing him this week. It's a good matchup, too. I think it's a Jalen Richard. I think it's a Jalen Richard game just because the Raiders will probably fall behind and have to throw the football. I would agree. that's would agree. how the Raiders have operated all year long. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've noticed a lot of these tweets, a lot of a lot of running backs concerns due to the bye weeks and stuff. So yep. running around with the last one here is another bye week injury conundrum from at Thoughtful Pause. Uh, half PPR league running back to Kenyon Drake or Kenyon Barner. Drake. Kenyon Barner to me is like he's kind of I don't, a last resort. I don't know. Right. I don't know how many touches he's going to get, and it's probably not going to be enough. The the only the only way that that Barner has a big game, and this is possible, but this is going deep game script, is if the Patriots are blowing the doors off the Bills, they decide to sit James White in the fourth quarter, and Barner gets a whole bunch of garbage time. Yeah, I, I've talked to uh, a friend of mine who I'm playing. It's a fir- first place battle in in our league, not that people care about my fantasy team. But I said this too. Belichick has that thing that he does sometimes, where it's like, oh, James White's working every single week. Let me just to not use him anymore because teams are now game planning against him. Like, not that it will happen, but yep. it, that would be a very Belichick thing to do to all of a sudden swap out White I with mean, whoever else and just use him for the rest of the season. Look, I mean, along those lines, you're talking to a proud recipient of the jo- Jonas Gray game. Like, I just struggling. I, Jonas Gray! I, I needed a running gracious. back last minute. I snatched Jonas Gray up off the waiver wire, plugged him in, got his four touchdowns. I, I have a friend who is still to this day salty about was it. Was that... Did he play the Colts? Mm-hmm. Was it, yeah, it was the Colts, right? Yeah, and then the very next week, he, uh, he overslept, mispracticed, and that's that was the it. last we heard of Jonas Gray. Jonas Gray. <laughs> that was that's a great poll. Was it? So that is a great poll. By the way, yes. did you see? You said you saw Venom. Uh, I did. Was it good? It was fine. It was fine. I thought. I thought at times it was kind of corny, but like okay, it, I'm not. It wasn't. It, it wasn't terrible. Like a lot of the critics said. Like it's. Agreed. It's fine. 
It's, yeah, it was just okay. It's just okay. So it's not a movie that I can talk my girlfriend into going because it was good. No, no. I, would, I, I, I'd say, I'd say, well, I'm biased. I love Tom Hardy, but yeah. I would Tom say Tom Hardy no. is good. I think he's awesome, and at times it was very depressing mm-hmm. in like a, a way that I enjoy because they want to make it more of a dark character. And I'm like, I like yeah. the direction of this movie, and then to uh, I agree with Marcus, it got a little bit corny at some moments, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you guys really had a chance to do something really right. cool in the kind of the Dark Knight mold, yeah. And then they kind of pulled a rug from out underneath yeah. you and you're like ah, oh, okay it's fine now but I mean the humor works like Hardy's great in it um, but I wish it was a little more closer to like a rated R like scarier darker right. Venom than what the product that we got right, like, I want it to be more you know yeah like Dark Knight yeah. would have been, been, been cool I so. finished uh, The Haunting of Hill House oh my god it's so good <laughs> It's so good. Even if you don't like horror, watch it. It's so good. Hmm. Interesting. It's so, I'm sorry. I got to get my Halloween. I put it on my list. I, I still a, haven't seen Halloween yet. I have a backlog. I got to see it this weekend. I got a backlog of things on Netflix. To Dude, watch. yeah. And Daredevil's out now too, right? Uh, yeah, the new season of Daredevil is that. out as well. I got to go check that out. So, yep. uh, Thanks for all your tweets. Thanks for all your questions. Glad to get them in. And uh, we'll get back to you next week. But in the meantime, always remember, after Tuesday, the calendar goes WTF. We'll see you on Monday. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.